Because a story, a story is just a story, but underneath the story is the soul of the story. And if they get to the soul of the story, that's the person I'm talking to. Well, hello, friends of Bill W. and other friends. You have landed on Sober Speak. My name is John M. I am an alcoholic, and we are glad you are all here, especially newcomers. Newcomers, that is, both to recovery as a whole and newcomers to this podcast. Sober Speak is a podcast about recovery centered around the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. My job here on Sober Speak is simple. My job is to provide a platform to the amazing stories of recovery all around us. Consider Sober Speak, if you will, your meeting between meetings. Please remember, we do not speak for AA or any 12-step community. We represent only ourselves. We are here to share our experience, strength, and hope with those who wish to come along for the ride, take what you want, and leave the rest at the curb for the trash man to pick up. Welcome, everybody from deep in the heart of Texas, that was the voice of Mr. John Henry that you heard on this here episode number 216 of Sober Speak. That's Dos Uno Seis. And you are going to hear so, so much more from John Henry in just a moment, but... First things first, this episode is being brought to you by Ian and Susan and Adrian and Terry and Anna and Dave and Jason and Kurt and Todd and Joshua and Marcos. What, you may ask, did Ian and Susan and Adrian and Terry and Anna and Dave and Jason and Kurt and Todd and Joshua and Marcos do well. They went to our website www.soberspeak.com. They clicked on the little yellow donate tab and they made a, a contribution. So, thank you so much, Ian and Susan and Adrian and Terry and Anna and Dave and Jason and Kurt and Todd and Joshua and Marcos. This episode is coming right out to. Ewans, Ewans indeed. I, John M., just another bozo on this proverbial bus, will be the chairperson for this meeting between meetings. And I am truly honored and privileged to serve all of you listening in. So take a seat, if you will, around this virtual table and let's get started. Remember, No matter who you are or what your past looks like, you are welcome here. It is an open table for all, and we are so glad you have joined us. If you are not following us on Instagram, go there. You'll want to do such. We're at at Soberspeak, all one word. And the same thing goes for the Pinterest, the Pinterest, Pinterest. Pinterest, Pinterest, you know what I'm talking about. Go there and it's the same handle, logo, what do you call that? The little uh, at sign, it's sober speak, all 
one word, and we would love for you to follow us on those two platforms. And I do check all of the direct messages that I get. Well, I've never had a direct message on Pinterest, I don't think, but you know what I mean, on the uh, La Instagram. Um, oh, and a lot of you have asked me in the past, Will John, which of the podcasts should I go to? In fact, I have something on, I think, on listener feedback this week, or I was it the previous week? I can't remember. But somebody asked me, you know, if I could give some names, uh, suggest some names, since we have, what is this again? Episode number 216. So we would have 215 other episodes. And I gave that gentleman some names. Uh, but if you want to listen to the most listened to uh, episodes of 2020. And by the way, we will have the 2021 list coming up here in the new future, but let's get through the end of the year. But if you want to know what the top episodes that were listened to in 2020, go to soberspeak.com, click on the top episodes uh, tab at the top of the website and it'll be there. Now, just so you know, these are not like episodes that I picked out and said, these are ones you should listen to. These are the ones that the listeners have listened to the most, uh, at least over throughout the, throughout the 2020 year. All right. Now on to a little bit of Mr. John Henry, John Henry. Let me just say this. He is one of a kind, and he has a lot of strong opinions, and I absolutely love him. John came into AA when he was 25 years old. He is now 73. That is 48 years in Alcoholics Anonymous. John Henry is a self-proclaimed, excuse me, self-proclaimed Winehead, and he is for sure a child of the 60s. He was homeless. He served time in Vietnam, and he was one of the, what he calls, free monsters. You'll have to listen in to find out what a free monster is. My favorite part of our discussion is John describing his spiritual experience while making a pizza in the shop, in the pizza shop where he worked. And one never knows where God will meet us. So, ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, I present to you Mr. John Henry from the Austin, Texas area. Enjoy, and I'll have plenty of oh, listener feedback at the end of this episode. Enjoy. Okay, everybody. So today, we are sitting here with Mr. John Henry. So, John, I'm going to ask you to go ahead and to introduce yourself, give your sobriety date, if you would, please, and tell people where you reside. I'm John Henry M. Uh, I don't go much by dates, but I haven't taken a drink since I came into AA. I came into AA when I was 25 years old. I'm 73 years old today. I'm in Austin, Georgetown, Texas, actually. So, Mr. Uh, John Henry, that would mean that you are 48 years sober. Do I have that right? You, you're good. good. Good with the math. You learned your arithmetic. Well done, John. <laughs> well, thank you very much, John Henry. I appreciate it. <laughs> so, we have been trying to get together for a while now. And uh, just so you know, um, 
uh, I know uh, you I, you must know KDP because I'm going to be <laughs> recording her coming up here uh, in a couple of months. And she told me how much she absolutely loved you. I'm assuming you know her, her know husband. Well. Yeah. yeah, I know yeah. those. I know those people well. And so for those who aren't familiar with the area, Georgetown is right outside of Austin. Uh, Katie and Charlie actually reside in Austin. So do you all get to go to meetings very much together? Uh, I haven't seen them in a meeting uh, yet coming out of this fog. I, I, I have a place in Santa Fe I live in as well. So I've just been back in Georgetown now for the winter. So. So, yeah. So why don't you explain people that you have a place in Santa Fe, New Mexico, uh -huh. and then you also have a place here in Georgetown. You split That's time right. between the two. Is it primarily because of the weather? Well, 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 <laughs> <laughs> when it's 110 here, it's like 80 there. So I'm, I'm up there when, right. when it's, uh, when it's 22 degrees there, it's 70 here. So I'm down here. Yes, Santa Fe, New Mexico is a beautiful place. I've been oh. there several times. Mm -hmm. God's country. All right. So you came into AA when you were 25 years old. Mm. Uh, walk me through that. What was going on before you hit 25 years old? Well, I was a child of the 60s, and I was a guitar player, and I wandered up and down the coast uh, playing guitar, uh, the West Coast, of course, San Francisco and Seattle and Portland and all that sort of thing. Uh, there was no draft deferment for guitar, and one day uh, while I was, uh, I got, I got, a, I got a, a letter with an eagle on it that said I needed to uh, come turn myself into the, uh, the authorities for, and go into the uh, military. I decided I'd buy something that would help me stay awake for about five or six days. And uh, I was recorded when I did. So I ended up in front of a judge and she said, I could go to uh, Walla Walla State Penitentiary or Uncle Sam's army. So I was, uh, I was in Vietnam six months later and uh, came out of Vietnam. Uh, I was a drill sergeant in the U S army uh, helped out a lot of that with cheap wine and, amphetamines and craziness and came out of that destroyed a home ended up on the streets homeless for a couple of years uh broke my arm in 17 different places ended up total disability and social security social security disability income living on the port madison indian reservation up there in the northwest uh ran into uh, a guy named gordon b when I was sitting in a place called the TP Tavern and uh, Gordy came in and changed my life. I went over to his house, which was right across the street from the tavern, uh, the TP Tavern on the poor Madison Indian Reservation. And uh, we played some music and laid down some stuff. And uh, I handed him a bottle of Mad Dog 2020 and changed my life. He said, no, thank you. Uh, and I said, what do you mean? No, thank you. Because I knew uh, the stories he, were, he was telling was just the same stories. Our stories just close in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we're like now. If you've decided you want what we have, and I was looking for a, a simply, I was I was looking for a way to change my life because I was homeless. I was busted out. I was my arm was broken in seventeen different places. I was on social security. I was disabled. Uh, the Veterans Administration was looking at me to be just a permanently disabled guy. So, but uh, 
just real quick. So you went through several different scenarios there that I, you know, I'm, I'm just curious about, like you were, you were homeless mm-hmm. and I talk to me about those years. How did you become that way? How did you get out of it? And uh, what, what was going on during that time? Well, uh, I'm, when I'm drinking, I'm not neurotic, baby. When I'm drinking, I'm psychotic. I'm out of my mind. I'm, 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 uh, I, I, I still, I, I still deal with, I, I've got a psychologist on speed dial. And my, <laughs> you know, I've, I've, I've kept real close to people to help me be wired in. Uh, but in those days, the only wiring I had was in a bottle of Mad Dog 2020 and a handful of whatever I get my hands on. And I, uh, uh, I was, I was crazy. I mean, this is, this is, this is, this is alcoholism. It'll kill you. It'll make, and it'll make you nuts before you do. Uh, so, uh, I stuck my, I left a wife I'd been married to for, oh, I guess a couple of years, a year and a half or so. And, and, uh, I walked out the door and stuck my finger in the air and, and, uh, hitchhiked out of town and uh, I was homeless for the next two years. I just, wow. just went to go get a pack of cigarettes and never came back. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a wine head, man. I'm a, I'm, I'm a wild man. <laughs> you sound like a, and you have that, uh, musician kind of lingo, uh, which I like, uh, you know, you were the word baby a lot and man a lot. And <laughs> uh, I've, I've, uh, yeah, I've been a musician since I was about 14 years old. I've, I've been playing guitar. I played guitar professionally. And when I got, when I, when Gordon, Gordon Barnett took me to my first meeting at the Fremont Fellowship of Alcoholics Anonymous, uh, they, they, the people that go to the Fremont Club are known as Fremonsters. It was a tough, tough place. <laughs> it, it was, it, these were my people. Yeah, these were my people. The Fremonsters, uh, huh? Oh, absolutely. Oh, yeah. And if there's anybody from Seattle listening, they'll, they'll nod their head. They know, where the, they, they know where the Fremont Fellowship Club was. It's moved since then. But, uh, I went to my first meeting and, and somebody said, uh, come on in this house. And I said, I, I'm alcoholic. And because Gordon, Gordon was an alcoholic and he had a, a beautiful girlfriend, a wonderful banjo and a nice guitar and a couple of cars and a, a business. And, and he'd been on the streets like me. And he says, if you want what we have. And I thought, yeah, I want me. I want I want a girlfriend and a banjo, man. <laughs> I got no girlfriend, no banjo, no nothing. Uh, and uh, the AAs were, they had a, they, this is AA, man. This, this is, these are my people. When I walked into that, the free, when I walked in amongst the free monsters, these were, these were folks like me. Uh, and uh, the guy said, come on in this house. He said, I'm alcoholic. He said, yeah, yeah, you are. Uh, come on, come, come on in. And uh, I sat down. It was. It was. It said. Uh, I looked up there, and I, I, I've been. I spent a little bit of time in institutions like nut houses, and a little bit of jail here and there. And there was there were the, there were these two signs. There were these two signs up on the wall, and they had these numbers one through twelve on in the right hand side, one through twelve in the left hand side. The person said, "Admitted we were powerless over alcohol." When I read that, I agreed one hundred percent. I knew exactly what they were talking about. And there was a hyphen that said that our lives 
were unmanageable. And that's how I read it. It's not what it says, but that's how I read it. And I thought to myself, my life's not unmanageable. I'm doing just fine. All I got, <laughs> I'm, I'm crippled up and I, I can't work and, and I'm insane. But other than that shit, things are doing real well. <laughs> and uh, I read then, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. I thought, I wonder if that's neurosis or that's psychosis. Then I said, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the carrot. Ooh, I didn't believe in God. And I thought, shit, I hope they, excuse me. I thought, shoot, I hope they, they let me join. Because these people, every noon at the Free Monsters Club, every noon they laid out sandwiches. And I'm thinking, this is all right. <laughs> <laughs> you know? Yeah, it was cool. Uh, so all I had to do was go to the Free Monster Club and, and get, get some sandwiches at noon. I'd be all right. Yeah, but this God thing, I and I, I finally went to this old man that was there, and he looked like he knew what he was doing. I said, I don't believe in God. And he looked at me, he said, Well, obviously, son, he believes in you. And he turned around and walked away. Mm-hmm. And that was the beginning of my spiritual slips. I was starting to have some doubts about me not believing in God. Ah, so you're like, you can't about- argue. You can't argue with these windups. So you you called those spiritual slips, and that is oh. kind of the reverse. In other oh, words, absolutely. you were um, atheist, agnostic, whatever you want to call it. I hate I hated people that loved God. I hated anything that had to do with that stuff. And this guy said, "We don't care. Just don't drink." And I thought, well, "What about that third step? You're not there yet. It's going to be a while." <laughs> and it was. It was about almost three years. So. Do you have an, any idea where that, I don't know what you call it, angst uh, toward uh, God and or people who love God, as you put it, came from? A combination of methamphetamines and LSD. <laughs> and, be, and being in a war, you know, I was in a, in a, in a war and... Uh, I, I had a I had a weapon for a reason, and, and after I came out of the war, people were spitting on me and calling me a baby killer. So I stuck a drill sergeant hat on my head and became a drill sergeant. And and you don't get points for being nice when you're a drill sergeant in the U.S. Army. Yeah. At least then you didn't. Right. It's a different deal now. But uh, I did, I just got I just got I just got meaner, you know. And, and uh, God wasn't doing any good. My sponsor said, "You're getting God mixed up with good." You know, it's, you got no argument with God. You got an argument with good. You've lived on the streets. You've been a drill sergeant. You've been in the jungle, and you don't think good will will get you where you need to go. So this this is program. The third it says it says in it says in Bill Wilson's book it was says it, it was then pointed out to us that the rest of the steps can only be taken successfully when the third step is given a persistent try. He said the third step isn't about getting good; it's about getting well. The third step allows us to take four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine. The third step gives us gives us an end of the rest of the steps. The rest of the steps will give you the kind of life you're looking for. So he, he said, "I don't care if you take it or not, but you're gonna have to find it. three. Is three is the key to four, five, six, seven, eight, and nine? Without it, there is no other step." So I want to talk to you a little bit about. This is just going through my mind as we're talking, and I've learned just to go ahead and ask the questions, and that is, 
when we first spoke, I, I know that you're not big into doing things like this, right? Speaking. When I asked you to give your sobriety date on the front end of this, you said, well, you know, I, I don't really like to give numbers and such like that. Um, so talk to me a little bit about that mindset that you have regarding your experience, strength, and hope, and how you share it in Alcoholics Anonymous that may be different than others. I... I well, I, I I grew up under my my first sponsor, Vic Thompson, here in Austin. I never had a sponsor until I had about two and a half years in the program, and and, and I had a little bit of trouble uh, keeping the powder out of my nose one night. And uh, so when I came down to Austin, Texas, I need I I needed I needed bad I needed help. I I love the program. I I can read the writing. I can write the reading. I can talk the talk. Uh, I could flirt with the girls. I could drink the coffee, but damn, here I go again. So when I came down to Austin, Texas, I asked a man for, a man for help, Vic Thompson. And he said, yeah, uh, yeah I, I, I'll help. I'll help you. And uh, he, he never, he never, he never saw his, his sponsor, Vic's sponsor was AA number three. Mm. So he, he knew some stuff about AA. And he also know about federal penitentiary. He knew a bunch of stuff like this. And he said, you, you throw those chips away. That'll get you drunk. People get drunk on their first year, on their fifth year, on their 10th year. Throw them chips away. So I, I, I don't celebrate them. And my next sponsor never, I never knew his sobriety date until I got it from his wife after he died. Wow. I followed, I, I, my second sponsor was a guy named Frank Roberts. I followed him for 32 years. And he never once. Said his sobriety date. My name is Frank R. I'm unquestionably a drunk. By the grace of God and help people in this program, I haven't taken a drink today. That's it. Gotcha. So that's, and that's so, as, as you know, in Texas, uh, you know, there's a little, a lot, most meetings, I guess, you know, they go around the room, they give their sobriety date and such like that, which is different in other areas. And, you know, and, and I've heard Texans take flack for it before, but uh, so when it goes around the room and it comes to you, it sounds like you generally speaking will not give your sobriety date. Am I hearing that right? You're hearing that absolutely right. It's uh, a guy named Bill Wilson, Bill W said, uh, principles came before personalities without exception in the 12th tradition. He said, these experiences taught us that anonymity, and that's what we're striving for here. Anonymity is real humility at work. It is an all pervading spiritual quality, which today keynotes AA life everywhere. Moved by the spirit of anonymity, we try to give up our natural desires for personal distinction as AA members among fellow alcoholics. What do you think a personal distinction is? It's a damn chip you wear. I'm a 20-year man. I'm a 30-year man. I'm a, I'm a 40-year-old, 40 woman. I'm a 50 guy. That's just a way of differentiating ourselves among others. It's not... Uh, we're breaching. We're breaching the basic tenet of anonymity by doing that. I won't do it. My job is to learn how to live on a daily basis. And so, I'm, and I'm sure you've heard this before many times, but I'm just curious as to your your thought process around this. And that is, uh, a lot of people will say, "Well, 
the the reason that is important is to show the newcomer, so to speak, that that uh, the program works and long term sobriety is possible. And you say to that, bullshit. <laughs> if there wasn't a new man, if there wasn't a new man in the whole damn club, and you had you had chip night, boy, all those old times show up. They might only show up once a year, but they show up to get that chip. They don't care about the new person. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I understand what you're saying there. Okay. So let me do a little break here. We're going to come back. We will be continuing our conversation with John Henry in just a moment. Just a reminder, you are listening to Sober Speak. You can find us on the World Wide Web at SoberSpeak.com. Um, you can also find the donate button on our website. You can use if and only if the spirit moves you. Please keep in mind this is a podcast funded by you, the listener. So, okay. So, well, first of all, I, w- I want to ask you also about your name. Uh, I love your name. Uh, have you always got like, and just so people do know, Henry is not your last name. Uh, that is your, I'm assuming that's your middle name. Yeah. Uh, have you always gone by John Henry? Oh, uh, no. When you got a name like John Henry, you, you get nicknamed right away. Uh, my, my father called me Jack. My mother called me Jackie. Uh, people call in the sixties, people called me Jake, shaky Jake. I was shaky Jake. Uh, <laughs> still people, I, there's still folks on the West coast that, 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 that say, Jake, what's that? Oh, you're John Henry. Yeah. Jake, what's they, they call me Jake. Uh, I was known by a whole bunch of those, my running buddies back then, back in the, back when I was playing guitar up and down the coast, I was Jake. Uh, when I was in, in Nam, I was Jake. When I got out of Nam, I was Sergeant Mac. You know, I had to be Sergeant. I was drill Sergeant Mac. And then I, I, uh, got out of the army. I just started going by my full name, which is John Henry McDonald. That's the deal. Gotcha. Uh, okay. So you also mentioned a little earlier when you were speaking that you did not end up doing a third step, I think until you were like three years into the program, something like that. Uh-huh. So take me through that journey and your, uh, I guess, conception of God. You already mentioned a little bit about the startings of that, but um, when did that take a turn? Well, when I came down here uh, and I got I got double teamed by uh, Vic Thompson and, and Frank Roberts, uh, Vic said, we're going through the big book three pages at a time. I said, well, I don't believe in God. He said, do you believe in reading? I said, sure. He said, well, we're going to start reading. This isn't about God. This is about reading. Well, if you read, if you read the pages in the big book, three pages at a time, which is what we do and is how I sponsor, the only way I sponsor, it leads you up to the fourth chapter. The first three, the first three chapters of the first two steps, Bill's story and more about alcoholism. The first three chapters are about the first, the first two steps. The, 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 uh, the, the, first, the, the first four chapters are about the first two steps. The first three are about the first step, Bill's story, and the other two. The fourth chapter is the second step. And in there it says, uh, we had, it says, uh, uh, when we became alcoholics crushed by a self-imposed crisis, we could no longer postpone or evade. We had to fearlessly face the proposition that either God was everything or else he was nothing. What was our choice to be? And I said, but, but, but what came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Vic, uh, Vic asked me, he said, 
is it neuro? I said, is it neurosis or is it psychosis? He said, as far as I'm concerned, if you take a drink, you're crazy. If you don't take a drink, you're better. <laughs> I said, have you had a drink today? I said, no, sir. I said, what? Have you ever had a compulsion to drink? I said, yes, I have. Where did that compulsion go? I said, shit, I don't know. I said, that's step two. Mm. Either the compulsion is gone or it's not. Now let's go forward. Either God is everything or else he is nothing. Pick one. It's not important. We have to work with something. Pick one. I haven't got much time. Hurry up. <laughs> well, 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 he must be everything. He said, okay, let's go to step three. I said, hold everything. Hold everything. <laughs> then, then, then it took a while. For me, uh, driven by my own willpower, it says the, the, the first requirement of the third step is to be convinced that any life run on self-will can hardly be a success. Well, I was going, I decided, I was decided I got to get my career together. Vic me, uh, Frank made me put my guitar away and quit performing. And that's really all I'd ever done except for crawl around the jungles and yell at people as a drill sergeant. And I, and I had no skills. I had none. I, I, I didn't know how to work with cash register. I didn't know how to pound the nail. I, I, mean, I didn't know. I kept on getting fired. I went from one job to another. And I, I ended up in a pizza joint as, as a pizza, pizza maker trainee. And I was 27 years old. And I, and I worked for $2.10 an hour. And I, I decided I was going to own the franchise, you know. And I, 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 was, I was crazy and I was delusional. And one night while I was trying to make a pizza, I had a breakdown. I, I had an anxiety attack. I got, I got, I got some problems along those lines. I had an anxiety attack, and you know, and I, and I started crying. And uh, they fired me. Uh, and uh, I walked into the manager's office. He said, "Mr. McDonald," he said, "Obviously, the pressure of making a pizza is too great for you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I had an epiphany. I had kind of a spiritual experience where I looked down on on that. Uh, on that, on that, I floated out of my body and looked down on that situation, and I realized that he was right. Left in my own devices, driven by my own self will, I can't make a pizza. I gave my, I gave my, I gave my, I gave my whole life, the whole kit and caboodle to God that night. Really, huh, really. That is so interesting. And so what happened from the, as you know, uh, this even happened to me, it's happened to a lot of people. Uh, and this reason AA is so different sometimes, you know, there's a lot of people who will kind of uh, walk the aisle, if you will, at church or wherever they happen to be. And they kind of have a, a moment and they give their life to God that they understand, but then nothing happens after that. So obviously though, something happened following that uh, subsequent to that experience what what happened afterwards mm -hmm. well the next day i went and looked up i wanted to be a carpenter real bad uh, i had no skills i wanted to be a carpenter because uh, because gordy my first my first uh aa buddy was a carpenter and my my uh, the guy i played uh, music with uh, pat gallagher he was a harmonica player he, he was a carpenter I want me to be a carpenter. You know? So I looked in the paper and it said, carpenters want to send resumes. And I called this old man named Jesse Welch. He had fired me twice off his crew because I, I didn't know anything. About, I didn't know how to pound the nail. <laughs> and I called him up. I said, Jesse, will you give me a resume? He said, who is this? I said, this is John Henry. He said, lightning, how are you doing? <laughs> I, said, I said, yeah, I, I need a resume. He said, I don't know what a resume is, but I've been looking for carpenters and you'll do. <laughs> and I said, 
<laughs> and I, I, I said, oh, oh. he said, Lightning, my, I, I said, I haven't got a car. He said, that's okay. I'll have, I'll have my son pick you up. Lightning, you show up on Monday. I said, why are you calling me Lightning? Because I work too fast. He says, no, because the hammer never seems to strike in the same place twice. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he, he took me under his wings, man. And uh, the miracles started happening. Though just coincidence. I don't call them coincidences anymore. I call, I call them as if by magic, as if by magic. My life just started to started to flow my life started to flow and my life's been flowing ever since i got stories that go on and on and on and on but but uh, uh obviously i'm not homeless anymore yeah well tell me a couple of those stories i mean what when you think about oh gosh 48 years in alcoholics anonymous and uh, you know amends and relationships and uh, I, I, you know, prayer and meditation and you know, all the various home groups that you probably have had, what, what comes to mind? I mean, what, what rises up to the top for you? Well, persistence, because it says in that big book, we pass each day on the path of spiritual progress day by day with a new person. If we, if we, if we persist, it says, if we persist, remarkable things happen. So looking back, we find things that have come to us come to us when we place ourselves in God's hands are far greater than anything we could have planned. When, when I came into this program, I, 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 I want to be, I thought I might want to be, I, I could be a carpenter. You know, I mean, that was the greatest thing I could ever, ever, ever do. Now it's that, that parse, parse that we pass each day on the path of spiritual progress. What does that mean? Well, that means we get up in the morning, we put the spirit first. We put God first in our lives. We say a little bit of prayer. We spend a little quiet time. We ask God. It says, uh, upon awakening, we think about the 24 hours ahead. We consider our plans for the day. But before we begin, uh, we ask God to direct our thinking, especially that it be divorced from uh, self-pity, uh, self-seeking, or dishonest uh, motives. We can use our brains if we want to then. After all, that's the correct use of, of, of uh, willpower anyway, something like that. So that's, that's, that's how we start our day. And if we start our day like this, remarkable things will follow. Looking back, we find that the things that have come to us, not the things we've achieved. It doesn't say the things that we've kicked ass and gotten. This is the things we've the things that have come to us, that's the things we've received, not the things we've achieved. The things that we've received when we put our, place ourselves in God's hands are far greater than anything we could have planned. Okay, if you'd have taken a picture of this day, I'm, 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 if I showed you a picture of this house, you'd, you'd think that, that that can't possibly belong to a homeless man. There's no possible way that that could happen. There's no probable way that that could happen. Excuse me. There's no probable way that I could get to this house coming from where I came from. But there is a possible way. And that possible way is putting your, your, your hands in the grace of God. An unseen, an unseen force. That's crazy. That's absolute crazy. But I tell you what. The things that have come to us when we place ourselves in God's hands are far greater than anything we could have planned. I could not have planned this life. I can intend it. I can suppose it. I can draw pictures of it. 
But I started out with $500 and I started a company called Austin Asset Management Company. When I sold that 30 years later, I had 22 employees and managed over a billion dollars of assets. One of the most successful financial advisors in the nation, according to Wealth Worth Magazine and Medical Economics and Mutual Fund Magazine, many others. I was on the I was on TV for six years as the finance guy. I don't have a high school degree. <laughs> well, I do. I'm lying to you. I got a high school degree, but barely. It wasn't my fault. <laughs> I flunked out of four junior colleges and and a, and a university. Flunked out. Flunked. Didn't even show up. Uh huh. Wow. I, I'm a CFP. A C. I had been a CFP, a CLU, a CHFC. I was on the board of directors of the Texas Department of, of Insurance for 10 years. That's incredible. So had a TV show called The Finance Guy for six years. I had a radio show called Taking Stock for 10. That voice would go great on a radio I'm show. I'm a wine head, man. I'm a wine head. I'm a complete bust out wine head. The greatest thing I do is this right here. Well, actually, the greatest thing I do is tell my story. If you go to YouTube uh, and look up uh, my name, I'm all over the place. And one of the things is a show called A Guru Named Frank. It's a one-hour show that I wrote and I perform in order, in order to raise money for the 24-hour club, place where I got sober. A Guru Named Frank. It's a one-hour show. Get some popcorn. It's a whole bunch of stuff about John Henry. Go to if you got a if you got a Roku set, get on that big screen. Go to YouTube. I, I got a YouTube station. Look for a guru named Frank. Sit back. It's my story, baby. All the songs are original. So you wrote songs too. I'm on my fourth CD so far. Wow. All original songs. And how does that tie into the 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 twenty four hour group you were talking about? Twenty four hour club, North Austin Foundation. If you look up that, uh, it'll it'll give you a place you can put a donation. If you put a donation, say you want a CD, I'll give you a damn CD. <laughs> Got a thousand of them sitting over here. <laughs> yeah, if you give me give me a couple hundred bucks, I'll give you four CDs. <laughs> anyway, how's that connect with the 24-hour club? Well, I, I, I got I got sober there. Uh, Vic died, and, and Frank and Vic uh, went to Frank, and, and they didn't get along. Uh, but Vic went to Frank and said, uh, "John Henry uh, seems to listen to you, and uh, I'm about to die. I got lung cancer, uh, and uh, uh, if, if he asked you to be his sponsor, I'd, I, I'd I'd ask you to take him on." And Frank said. Okay. I was, I was a rhinestone cowboy and I was kind of flashy. And uh, Frank, Frank, Frank was a Houston, Houston thug. I mean, he was a Marine. He was a thug. He carried a 38 to the day he died and uh, coveralls and a pickup truck, the whole deal. And uh, I got on uh, turquoise and shit. And I, I went up and asked him to be my sponsor. Years later, I said, do you remember the day I asked you to be my sponsor? He said, yeah, I remember. I said, uh, he said, what did, what did, what did you, what did you do? I said, he said, I stopped and said a prayer. I said, what was that prayer? He said, why me? <laughs> why me, God? Why me? Well, I got a sponsor, this punk. And I followed him for 32 years. He saved my life many times. He taught me how, he taught me how not, he taught me how to work a job. He taught me how not to fight when I'm, you know, I was on, I, I, I was, 
I've I've been in the war. I've been a drill sergeant. I've I've been on the streets, you know, and and I was just barely able to work a job, and I had a whole bunch of problems doing that, and uh, he just wouldn't put up with it. <laughs> wouldn't put up with it, wow. and he made me take the steps. Maybe read the book, page one, page two, page three, page four. When you get to that page. 60 58 we'll take a third step he said eyeball to eyeball knee to knee hand to hand you're gonna you're gonna say god help me and and i did when i got there i was ready and i i took four five six seven eight nine uh and have continued to for the rest of my life i i i'm, I'm never through I, I i've been sober all day long baby and I, I do the same thing i do to stay sober now as i did then man i do the best i fucking can what's your home group there in uh georgetown I've been going to the White House again lately. Um, there's, I hadn't been here in a long time. Like I hadn't been to the White House in 42 years, you know, and, and uh, I walked in and said, Jesus Christ, where have you been? I said, elsewhere, you know. I, I, I go to North Northland, uh, Northland Noon. I've been going there for, you know, I guess, 30, 35 years anyway. And uh, uh, so I, I, that's kind of been my home group. But, but uh, I, I'm eyeballing this. You know, I, I love these people here. I, I'm up in Sun City. And I live in a real nice house in a real nice neighborhood, and I go to I go to AA meetings with real nice people. But I don't I don't always fit around nice people. I really, <laughs> you know, I I, I, I I like my winos. I, I I I like people I can still smell. I do. I, it, it makes me. A, it, it, it it's where I come. It's where I come from. It's where I belong. And I've never forgotten that, and I never will forget that. Never. I never will forget that. I've gone places uh, to, to 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 pick up a drunk. I talked to a guy the other day that I got out got out of a crack house. You know, he's in there peeking through the the blinds, and the, I was dressed in a bow tie and a three piece suit. I walked in there, I jacked him up. You know, I mean, um, I mean, I, I just know my way around those kinds of places, or I used to anyhow. Right. What about out in Santa Fe for the people who are listening out there? What home group? Do you oh, Santa Fe. To? Yeah. I, 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 well, it's home groups. I was, I was in the men's group there at, uh, on Canyon road. Uh, the, uh, no saints group. That was, that was my home group, but it's, it's closed down now after COVID. Yeah. And, uh, I go to wherever there's a door open now. Mm -hmm. uh, I gotcha. So, <clears throat> John Henry, like if you were, think about it this way. There are a lot of people out there that are listening to this um, in all four corners of the world, literally. And um, they possibly, if there's somebody out there maybe who's struggling with getting sober, uh, taking it a day at a time. Maybe they've been in and out. Um they're considering Alcoholics Anonymous. Um, share your experience, strength, and hope with that type of individual. Um, what it was like for you, where you are now, what it's like now. And I know you've already kind of uh, talked about that in general, but if you could just kind of put a uh, 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 tie this up with a bow around it, so to speak. Well, I, I, I was. I was fortunate in that I was so totally devastated that this looked like a better way. Yeah, I, 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 I'm, 
I hate to say this, but if you don't think there's a better way, maybe you need to go back out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm, 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 I've, I've worked with a whole lot of people. And I get tired of seeing people die. So if you want to go die, die elsewhere. I want to see you die in AA. I love that you have a <laughs> your your answers to some of these general questions that I ask on a consistent basis. Are <laughs> you are your own man, John Henry, and uh, you are you think for yourself, and I absolutely love that. And I know that there are going to be some people listening to this that kind of go, you know, some of them agree with you, some of them don't, but that's great for me. I think it makes it enables people to kind of make up their own mind of what they believe. And your job, as you have done today, very succinctly, and I love it, uh, is to share your experience, experience, strength, and hope and how you see this. Yes. <laughs> You're laughing. Why are you laughing? Oh, I, I, I just, yeah. My, my, my job has always been. Even when I play, people say, "Well, how, how, what happens if I only play? Oh, three at the most, four times a year. I'll play twice in twenty two, twenty two. I'm working on two shows now. But people say, "Well, what happens if you don't book the? If you don't get a full standing room only? I say, I'm only here for one person." And that is the person that can hear the gotcha. story I'm telling. Period. Period. Because a story, a story is just a story, but underneath the story is the soul of the story. And if they get to the soul of the story, that's the person I'm talking to. The person that said, "I, I, I, I yeah, I know, I know you. You're talking about Frank and you're telling these stories, but my God, what you're saying is there's nothing you can't do if you put a plug in the jug. Isn't that what you're saying?" So yeah. No, what you're saying is there's nothing you can't do if you put the spirit first, right? That's right. And you put the spirit first by quit drinking first, right? Right. And, 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 and then you go to meetings, right? Right. And, then, and, and you get a sponsor, you read the book, right? Right. Is there anything more to it than that? No. Nope. That's the person I want. There you go. And I don't give a damn if the, if, the, if, the, if, the, if, the, if the if the place is crowded or not. I don't I don't care. I don't care if anybody's listening here tonight or not. Not not one. But if there's one person out there that says, "See, see, Vic Vic looked at me and said, there's nothing you can't do if you put the spirit first." I was a carpenter. Okay, and I looked at him. I said, "Could I be a doctor?" He said, "So well, you couldn't work on me." He said, "Yeah." <laughs> He said, yeah, given the time, the money and the energy, you could be a, you could be a doctor. I said, well, how much time? He said, well, you're going to have to finish your GED. Then you have to go to a junior college. That's about four or five years. Then you're going to have to go to medical school school. I said, well, I'll be 40 years old before I get a paycheck. Oh, anyway, he said, I said, how much money? He said, oh, about a quarter million dollars. I said, Whoa, no, man. He said, why don't you go back down to the hall? See if they'll put you on. <laughs> so, so. But he said, there's nothing you can't do if you put the spirit first. And we've been given a way to put that spirit first. I love it. Okay, Mr. John Henry, I'm going to wrap it up with page yeah, 164 on. of the big book. And um, it says here that, if I can find it, abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. 
clear away the wreckage of your past, give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the spirit. And you will surely meet some of us like me and John Henry, as you trudge the road of happy destiny, may God bless you and keep you until then. Once again, John Henry, thank you so much for joining me today. My pleasure. Thank you, John Henry. Uh, and for those of you listening in, John Henry is a hoot. Uh, and as I said on the beginning of the episode, I absolutely love him. Uh, really had a great time talking to John. Uh, if you want to get in touch with him, or if you have a message about or for any of the other guests that we have on the program, just email me at john, J-O-H-N, at SoberSpeak.com. I love to hear any sort of feedback that you have about the guest, um, and uh, I sure would appreciate that. Remember now, we don't want you sharing your gossip, but we would love for you to pause your device and share this episode or the entire uh, the entire uh, podcast with a friend or family member. You know what? It may be just what they need today. Now on to a little bit of listener feedback. Nick writes in, and he actually wrote in via the Facebook group. And and I don't think I mentioned this on the front end, but once again, if you are not in the Super Secret Facebook group for Sober Speak and you would like to be, go to the Facebook application, look up the group. It's called, I always get this wrong, Sober Speak Secret group. There's way too many S's in there. Anyway, look up Sober Speak Secret Group and uh, ask for admission and we will get you in that group. But anyway, Nick writes in, he says, hey, John, Nick here. Uh, my email is such, as, is such and such. He wanted to get on the email list as well. And he says, I'm committed to staying sober and I want to join your group. I want to find faith in God and talk to like-minded people make friends that is i'm also from new zealand thanks and i love the podcast well nick as you know we got you in that group so happy to have you uh tell all the oh oh what, what kiwis yes i almost forgot there the, the word for the folks out in new zealand uh but tell all the kiwis we said hello okay thank you nick Amanda writes in, oh, oh, I got to set this one up a little bit because Amanda, uh, we, you know, so if you go to our website and you look at the uh, sober resources tab, there is a, a, um, uh, a meeting that uh, we have posted on there. It's about a Saturday noon meeting that we have here in the Frisco, Texas area. Amanda had heard about that on the podcast. She's from Nashville. And then she came to the meeting. It was great. Amanda D. And uh, oh, it was just so cool to meet her. Anyway, Amanda D. writes in and she says, Hi, John. It's Amanda from Nashville, Tennessee. I met you in person. Oh, I remember you, Miss Amanda, at the Frisco Fourth Dimension meeting on Saturday, November 27th. I wanted to say thank you for the podcast. All of your guests have helped me tremendously. It was so awesome to meet you. And in big capital letters, David G. Yes, Mr. David G. was there as well. <laughs> His experience, strength, and hope is amazing, and I love everything he shares. Thank you, John, for your work. I'll be sober 90 days 
on December 4th. AA has changed my life for the better, and I'm so grateful I found your pod. All the love from Nashville, Amanda. Well, Amanda, love coming right back at you in uh, Nashville. And uh, gosh, if somebody up there in Nashville knows uh, Amanda D., uh, you can tell her you heard us talking about her on the pod. Thank you so much, Amanda. It was so nice to meet you. That was fantastic. We loved it. Um, Alejandra DMs on the Insta wrote a direct message and she says, thank you, John, for your podcast. I listen to it whenever I can. It makes me so happy. I feel part of the community. I've been sober for two and a half years, and your podcast has given a new meaning to my journey. It has opened doors. For example, I started listening to Father Bill W. as well. Long story short, thank you for your service. Love, Alejandra. Well, love back at you, Miss Alejandra. We sure do appreciate you listening in, and I'm glad you're listening to Bill, uh, Father Bill's podcast. Um, uh, podcast as well. He does a great job. Mark writes in and Mark says, hi, John, I'm Mark B from Sandusky, Ohio. I'm 33 years old and I have a sobriety date of March 8th of 2020 and a higher power of my understanding. I found sober speak when the pandemic restrictions started to be lifted. I play in a heavy metal band and I was really struggling when I walked into the venue one night and everyone around me was double fisting tall boy beers and carrying on. I went and sat in my car and reread page 101 of the big book and realized I also needed a meeting. When I couldn't find one nearby before it was time to go, I searched AA on my podcast app and I found Sober Speak. The first episode I heard was the most recent at the time with part one of Jennifer HK. Since then, I've tuned in every week and can finish each episode on my commute to and from work. The variety of people that come on are great uh, to hear, and I can definitely say I've heard parts of my story and some from more than one. Thanks for all you do, Mark B. Mark B., what an incredible story. I love that. First of all, I love that you're in a heavy metal band and then that you were sitting in the parking lot uh, reading through one-on-one. You found the podcast and uh, uh, man, that that just makes me feel so connected to you and many of you, you know, because I, I try to pray in individual ways. Like before I start this podcast, I kind of picture like just just people they're usually faceless people but i know this is kind of weird but i think about where they are and what they may be doing and how we may help and how we can carry the message and i love to hear some of the specifics of what you guys are out there doing that was absolutely fantastic thank you so much mark for writing in i do do appreciate it uh Janae, oh, hold on. I got, yep, yeah, yeah, no, 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 no. Janae DMs on the Instagram and she says, John, I'm listening to your podcast right now and I'm on 
my way to my first meeting in a long, long time. Janae, I hope it's Janae, it's J-E-N-E, it could be Jean, but nonetheless. Well, Janae, I'm, I hope I got it right once again. Janae, that is so cool. So thank you for welcoming us along on your ride to your first meeting. That is kind of cool. I guess it's like we're kind of greasing the wheels. Uh, so anyway, that is really cool, Janae. I appreciate you writing in. Right back. Let me know how that first meeting went. I'd love to know about it. Brian writes in, he says, Hi, John, I'm subscribing and listening from uh, Edmonton, Alberta. I'm new to AA, just 20 days, and I found your program through some searches on Spotify after attending local meetings. I recently found AA now at 35 years old, and I wish I would have much sooner, but better late than never, eh? <laughs> Throw a little, little, little Canada A in there. Yes, better late than never, Brian. He says, um... I am enjoying episodes sporadically as great, quote, meeting between meetings, unquote. I am certain there have been no shortage of great speakers so far, but I really enjoyed Rich B, Julia K, and Charlie P so far as top-notch standouts. I will be listening to the full catalog from here on out, and I expect that list to grow. That said... Oh, and here's what I talked about actually on the beginning of the episode. He said, are there any episodes or speakers you would recommend to a new to new program listeners uh, as greatest hits per se? Thank you for putting this podcast out, John. It has certainly helped me through these early steps of the program. Kindest regards, Brian B. Well, Brian B., as you know, I, I wrote you back and I gave you a couple of names that you could, you know, look up on the podcast and I, I hope that was helpful. But also, I'm sure I gave you that link, like I mentioned on the beginning of this episode, where you can go to our website and there's a tab at the top that says uh, top episodes. And once again, as a reminder, that's top episodes as listened to by the Sober Speak audience in terms of numbers. Uh, and, uh, we just put that out there and that's for 2020. We'll be having one for 2021. I am soon. I am sure. Adrian writes in and he says, uh, I think it's a, yeah. So Adrian can be both a, uh, a, uh, uh, a female and a male name, but I'm pretty sure this is a, dude as opposed to a dude at. Anyway, it says, hi, John M. Some weeks I'm listening to your podcast now and it's really amazing. It's a tremendous help. I listen to your guests, their stories, experience, and I identified to a lot of things I hear in your podcast. Sorry, I didn't introduce myself. I'm Adrian, an alcoholic, and I sobered up two years ago. Big smiley face. He says, I'm currently writing you from Germany, Hanover City, and God bless you, man. So, and that's another reason I think it's probably a, a dude as opposed to a dudette. But once again, if I'm wrong, my apologies. Anyway, Adrian, thank you so much for writing in. I do appreciate you listening over there in Germany. German Hanover. Hanover City. Anyway, um, thanks so much for listening in, everybody. I appreciate you. Um, 
I take it a week at a time. Uh, hope to be back next week. Uh, until then, keep coming back. It works if you work it. God bless you guys. Love you. Take care.